3: Relax, there will be no government shutdown. Yes, there is or will be legislation passed to continue government funding through February 8th, so you can relax. I'm sure you were worried about it. Mitch McConnell made the announcement today. He said that it'll give them more time to debate the border security issue, which means the wall, which is beginning to look like it isn't going to happen. And the Republicans are going to blame the Democrats. You know that. Uh, but you know what? The Re- Republicans have been in charge for two years now, and they wait until, what, 20 minutes before the Democrats take over the House to get serious? So they, and we, I guess, I don't know if we deserve it, we're going to get it. Um, and I'm sure you're looking for a, a forward to two more months of debate about the wall. I, I know I am. I can't get enough of that. And I was kind of hoping, actually, for a government shutdown. I don't think it would have meant everybody heading to Giant Eagle uh, or shop and say, I guess I shouldn't give anybody a free commercial. But, you know, how people head there and load up on food uh, the way they do, you know, when we have a two inch snowfall coming. I don't think the shutdown would have caused that. I don't think there would have been panic in the streets, but you never know. Now, if you don't work for the federal government, um, you probably wouldn't know what happened if nobody told you. One happened uh, not that long ago and I forgot about it and I don't even know if I, rem- if I was aware of it when it happened it was back in April I think I don't know well, it was over a weekend so it didn't matter but based on what you know about the uh, money that's wasted by the federal government and what you know about the power of unions what percentage of federal employees do you think could be eliminated without anybody noticing other than the federal employees themselves they'd obviously notice it uh, you hate to see anybody lose a job but it'd be nice if they weren't, you know, contributing to the ballooning national debt with their jobs. And you have to figure that a lot of them would get jobs in the private sector. Uh, we'll have an expert from the Heritage Foundation on after the break. Uh, and she'll explain exactly what a shutdown actually is and why it should never come to this. It's uh, what's known as, when. and this, what I mean by this is a, it's a budget by crisis, as they refer to it. Um, you know, everybody scrambling around and then money's thrown all, all over the place. and Nobody know, knows where it's going and nobody pays any attention. They just want to get a budget so that the government isn't shut down. Uh, and, and, uh, and they actually come up with solutions, you know, that don't work. And speaking of things that don't work, yesterday we talked about the unconstitutional gun control proposals that Mayor Peduto and Pittsburgh City Council came out with. They they came out with them yesterday. Uh, They shouldn't become law, and if they do, there's no reason to believe they'll work either. But how about this? Baltimore had a gun buyback program, which is one of those things that makes everybody feel good but rarely gets guns out of the hands of the people who, you know, would commit crimes with them. They bought over 500 guns since Monday. And they paid from 25 to $500 for them. They're paying $25 for high-capacity magazines. Of course, the problem is you can buy a high-capacity magazine for about 12 bucks. So it's a good way to make money. One woman told the Fox station down there that she's returning her 9mm. She's turning it in. Not sure what she'll get for that, but the reason she's turning it in is to get cash for, are you ready, a bigger gun. Do you think she's the only gun seller who has that idea? Get an upgrade. Baltimore, by the way, has become the gun homicide capital of the United States, maybe the world. In the last year or two, they're doubling Chicago now in gun ho- gun homicides, and that's saying something. The buyback uh, buyback program there cost the city two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Lots of uh, maybe a lot of people turning that money into some nice Christmas presents for turning into the guns they don't want anyway. Money well spent. Uh, speaking of that, we'll be right back to talk about lots of money not so well spent, and it's your money. We'll do that when we come back right here on the John Stagerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Obamacare. Trump Care.
0: But if you've invented a new product, improved an existing device, or need help registering a trademark, call me, Attorney Gary Topoloski, at 877-5-PATENT. I've been helping clients protect their ideas for nearly 35 years. Email me at patentlawyerpittsburgh.com. Ask about my discounts for veterans and seniors, 877 572 8368. Now's the time to pursue your dreams, but let's protect them first. In years past, most families had a local jeweler they could go to with confidence and trust. In these changing times, one store has managed to stay the same. L.S. Jewelers has been family owned and operated for over 65 years. L.S. Jewelers and Robinson Town Center is a full service jewelry store. We have the largest selection of laboratory certified diamonds and engagement rings with both the finest quality and the best price. We also do custom design work as well as in-house repair. Don't trust your diamond purchase with just Anyone, Come to LS Jewelers for the best price, service,
4: quality, and selection. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or us, you just might. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us.
1: More than a window company. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com That's surroundpittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers. This is the John Steigerwald Show
0: on AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer.
3: Well, as I mentioned before the break, it looks like we're all going to be fine because there will be no government shutdown, which is something I'd actually be in favor of. But uh, Congress will pass legislation to keep the funding for several agencies through February 8th apparently. So what exactly did we avoid and why do we go through this all the time? It's always about the budget. Romina Baccia is an economics and fiscal expert at the Heritage Foundation. She knows all about this stuff and she joins us now. Romina, thanks for being here.
5: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
3: So uh, what is a shutdown, at least the one that, you know, that we're supposed to be afraid of? And will anybody outside of Washington you know, who, who doesn't work for the federal government notice if it would ever happen?
5: You know, I don't know if you know this, but we actually um, already had a shutdown uh, in 2018, and hardly anybody noticed. It happened over a weekend, so most federal workers didn't even notice that there was a government shutdown. And having a partial shutdown over Christmas, mm-hmm. especially this time around, I don't think very many people would have noticed. Now, there would have been about 380,000 federal workers that would have been furloughed. Uh, they likely would have been paid after the holidays, and many of them, I suspect, would have taken time off anyways to be with family. So, uh, very little impact, but uh, if you, if you're following the news, you'll know that um, it looks like Congress is going to cut another deal to avert that also dreaded shutdown.
3: Yes, yeah, so and not, not a big surprise. But it, it, when there is and, and when there has been any kind of a shutdown, am I correct uh, in saying that the people who do get laid off end up getting paid for the time they missed anyway?
5: That is true. They have been paid just about every time. Um, so it's kind of like an unplanned uh, paid vacation. <laughs> Which is for nice these at Christmas workers. time. That, uh, so oh, absolutely. So absolutely.
3: if I work for the federal government, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for a shutdown. <laughs>
5: Yeah, or if you're in D.C., you're you're basically always rooting for a shutdown because it means less traffic on the road, (laughs) (laughs) but that's a different matter.
3: Yeah, so uh, uh, historically, has it always been this hard for the two sides to settle on a budget, which is what this is all about? I mean, how, how long has the process been broken, as you say it is?
5: Well, we haven't seen Congress pass all 12 appropriations bills in a timely fashion since 1996. So that is a long time ago. But you actually did have quite a few shutdowns in the 80s and 90s. Um, They're not that unusual. There are mechanisms in place that allow for the orderly shutting down of certain federal functions. And over time, uh, more of the federal government's functions have been deemed Essential, such that the actual impact from a government shutdown has been minimized even further. And then, depending on the administration that's in power during the shutdown, they also have quite a bit of discretion to determine what they'll actually shut down and what they'll what they'll keep open.
3: And and that uh, I'm sure politics plays a big part in that too. Which which things are chosen to be shut down?
5: Absolutely. If you recall back to the, uh, the shutdown in uh, In 2013, under the Obama administration, President Obama decided to shut down the National parks. decided to even keep uh, uh, veterans from visiting the World War II uh, memorial on the National Mall, and that made uh, big news. Um, But that was something that President Obama chose to do at the time to really um, make a big political uh, uh, move, on, on the shutdown because he didn't like the reason for why the shutdown was ha- was happening, which was at the time to stop Obamacare's, uh, subsidies, which were going into effect. Uh, but the President Trump, um, I understand that if there were to be a shutdown, they would minimize the impact on the American people. So people would still be able to visit the mall and national parks would stay open. So there is a lot of discretion and it comes down to politics and how much pain an administration wants to inflict during a government shutdown.
3: And I'm, I, I don't know if this is a, a fair question f- for you, but um, but you do study this stuff, so I'll ask you. Uh, uh, in a federal government, and I know this is a ridiculously general question, but if, if I took over as president next week and just said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to call every federal agency, except the military, we'll keep that aside, and I want everybody to look at your workforce and reduce it by 10% by next Tuesday. Would anybody notice the difference when, when you know, next Tuesday came along, other than the people who lost their jobs? I mean, is there enough you know, ways that you could do that and nobody would know?
5: So the president uh, did ask every agency to look at reducing spending by 5% next year, which yeah. is a really modest ask given that most agencies got almost a 15% increase uh, in spending in appropriations this year. So small, modest app. But it would actually be very difficult to let go so many federal employees if you wanted to reduce the federal workforce by 10%, in part because of union protection. It is actually incredibly difficult yeah, even to dismiss employees um, that don't show up for work and um, that, that drag down morale and that are just poor performers. So um, while the hypothetical scenario sounds nice, It would be very difficult to do. But would people notice? Well, to the extent that they don't notice a a short-term partial government shutdown, Mm -hmm. it's unlikely that they would. Uh, Many functions are deemed essential. And then so much of the government, uh, especially benefit programs like Social Security and Medicare and even Medicaid spending, most of that is running on autopilot. So... um, that that continues regardless of whether there's a shutdown or not. Um, I do think we could probably do with a smaller federal workforce, but it hasn't been growing. What's been growing is the number of contractors that the federal government is using, and that creates other problems as well.
3: We're talking to Romina Baccia. She's fiscal and economics expert at the Heritage Foundation. I guess I was trying. I was. I was sort of leaving the unions out of it. I know that's a big problem, and maybe the, one of the biggest problems uh, wasn't it? FDR. Uh, who first warned about having uh, federal employees unionized?
5: I think that's right, yes. And how far we've come, it's become a real issue um, and continues to be an issue. And the president has tried to make improvements, um, at least uh, allowing agencies some flexibility to uh, promote and recognize high performers, but also to uh, dismiss or... Um, at least correct the behavior of, of poor performers, and they've run up against the unions every single time.
3: There is obviously waste everywhere in government, especially at the federal level. Is there any one area, as far as you know, or where you where you believe anyway that more money is wasted than anywhere else? You
5: know. It's more money wasted than anywhere else, probably in terms if you're looking at volume, you'd want to look at the largest government agencies. And what we do know every year is that the um, Health and Human Services, which is one of the largest agencies, along with National Defense, they tend to have a, a lot of improper payments at the end of the year that get reported. Um, but those are also the largest federal programs. But I think another way of looking at it is what are the things the federal government is doing, activities that it shouldn't be doing to begin with. So while the volume of waste in agencies like Commerce mm-hmm. Department or Department of Education or Department of Energy uh, may not be as large compared to what we see in healthcare, care and occasionally, unfortunately, also from, from defense uh, in, in in terms of sheer numbers, uh, the problem is that those are activities the federal government shouldn't be doing to begin with, so you could basically say all, almost everything that department does uh, you could characterize as waste because it should be done on a state and local level or in the private sector.
3: So we, we would not have this problem and not be having this discussion if the federal government were operated the way it was intended, or at least uh, to the um, degree that it was intended, and not have its hands in everything?
5: I think that would be a great improvement. You could argue that the federal government has overextended itself such that it performs its important essential functions poorly. Think about the care that our veterans are failing to receive, how many veterans have died waiting for care that they've earned through their service. Um, That's just one example. And uh, on the other hand, we're arguing over art funding and uh, little education grant programs over here and It's just incredibly convoluted. There are um, almost 40 um, federal employment training programs, most of which don't work and are wasteful, and some of which actually have demonstrably done more harm than good, meaning participants that went through the Job Corps program ended up having lower earnings and uh, less job prospects than the control group that didn't receive... Um, any of the training at all. So that is very troubling.
3: Why am I not surprised by that? Um, So, um, what happens when the debt, uh, you know, I I guess the question should be, does anybody in Washington really care about the national debt? Because everything you're talking about here is going on a credit card.
5: I don't know if you saw the um, quote that was leaked, that the president supposedly said that he wasn't too concerned with the national debt because by the time the big numbers uh, came rolling in, uh, he would no longer be in office. Yeah, that's a good way and, to look at it. You know, and I made the point that the, the president just said what basically every member of Congress yep. thinks or the way in which they are acting because the fact that this year we are we have almost eight hundred an eight hundred billion dollar deficit while the economy is roaring, unemployment is at historically low levels of 3.7, 3.8 percent that um, that is unheard of and yet we're having deficits that will reach a trillion dollars uh, next year and just this year Congress passed a $300 billion spending increase for federal agencies so we have a lot of work to do and unfortunately there aren't very many fiscal hawks left in Washington but I'm hopeful that maybe with the Republicans being in the minority in the House next year, perhaps some of, some of the fiscal conservatives will return to at least hold the line on the Democratic spending.
3: And we're on our way to having the debt be higher than the uh, GDP?
5: Actually, the national debt, uh, the growth debt, when you consider what we borrowed in credit markets and what we borrowed from federal government agencies like the Social Security Trust Fund, it's already well past. Um, the U.S. Uh, GDP. Um, so it's only if you're only considering a smaller portion of the debt, the so-called public debt, which is just what we forward in credit markets, so it doesn't take account of Social Security and other trust funds that the federal government has. Um, then you're looking at almost 80% of GDP, and yes, before the end of the decade we will surpass that 100% of GDP level, even with that uh, more, more limited measure of the national debt.
3: And then what happens?
5: Then what happens? Well, what we know looking at uh, research across industrialized countries over uh, several decades is that um, you see growth slowing down. So right now the economy may be strong, but as interest rates are rising, uh, that will make uh, the cost of the debt more expensive. We'll start to notice it. And we also see a crowding out from federal government borrowing um, and spending. From what the private sector would otherwise be doing. It increases uncertainty because higher spending and deficits today mean higher taxes likely in the future, all of which depresses economic growth and reduces opportunity for the American people. And it's especially troubling for younger generations that have had no say in the matter, but that will be left holding the bag.
3: And you know what? It's hard to believe that or expect, I guess, the average citizen to care about the debt when the People who are running the country obviously don't care about it, including the, no, the president, way, apparently.
5: The only way you're going to get your arms around this issue is if you're looking at countries that have actually managed to have an effective fiscal framework, that that have managed to keep their budget relatively balanced over a business cycle, which is what you'd want to do to have a sustainable budget. Um, Switzerland, Sweden, Germany, all of these come to mind. And what they all have in common, they actually have... Um, constitutional balanced budget amendments that's where it starts you need to tie the hands of politicians you need to restrain them with fiscal rules and the most effective one there would be a balanced budget amendment and then reinforcing that with fiscal rules in Congress that limits how much Congress can spend and borrow every year especially during times of economic growth right now because you know next time we have an economic crisis, the deficit is going to go through the roof so now would be the time to pay down the debt and create that fiscal space so we can respond effectively when a crisis comes our way.
3: I I don't like the chances of that happening uh, Romina but uh, I got like less than a minute I'm just wondering you mentioned a a balanced budget amendment that's been thrown around uh, often why would uh, why is it so hard for anybody to uh, go along with something that seems to make so much sense It, it takes the blame away from everybody. If, every, if, it's a, yes. if it's in the Constitution.
5: Because you actually would have to make tough choices and consider trade-offs when you make spending decisions if you had an effective fiscal constraint, which is what a balanced budget amendment would be. Then lawmakers would have to either raise taxes if they want to spend more, or they would have to constrain their spending appetite. So why don't they want it? Well, it's, a little, it's a little bit like giving your kids a budget versus giving them an unlimited credit card. Um a t- any teenager is going to take the unlimited credit card over a, over, a, over a fixed budget any day because it means you don't have to worry about how much you're spending. You just buy whatever you want, and that's how Congress is living right now. So it'll be up to the American people to demand fiscal responsibility and to demand an end to this fiscal recklessness um, and to demand a balanced budget amendment.
3: Now, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the American people doing that because most American people are looking for what's in it for them. What what are they going to get for free? But uh, uh, I'm out of time, Romina, Thanks for being here.
5: Thanks for having me.
3: Thank you very much. And we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Stocks gave up an early rally and took a dive in afternoon trading after the Federal Reserve raised interest rates again and said it planned to keep raising them next year. Financial analyst Hillary Kramer says there's no good reason for the Fed to hike interest rates.
5: Fed Sherman Powell is not looking at the economy like everyone else is and like Wall Street knows. Even GDP, it's coming in at 2.3% this year, but in 2020 it may come in at 2%. It's a recipe for disaster.
3: Kramer is editor of the financial newsletter Game Changers in cooperation with Salem Media. The Dow plunged 352 points to close at 23,323. The Nasdaq dropped 147, and the S&P lower by 39. Oil, however, was up $1.72 to $47.96 a barrel.
1: This is SRN News. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only 19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com.
0: You wouldn't put a square peg in a round hole, so why would you deploy a traditional firewall in a modern decentralized network? Firewalls have new requirements for businesses leveraging SaaS-based applications and public cloud platforms like AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud. We're in the cloud generation now, so your firewalls have to be engineered to fit right in. Reclaim your cloud network. Try a Barracuda cloud generation network or application firewall free at barracuda.com slash firewalls. You'll always get this straight story from Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Look at ISIS. Who who talks
4: about ISIS? ISIS was on the front page every day, beheading people. Nobody talks about him. Why? Because we have leadership in the White House. We have Donald Trump who is reasserting American leadership in the world.
0: Starting January 1st, it's America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The Answer. It's truly the most wonderful time of the year. Hi, this is Tony Shilkin from my friends at Calusi Chevrolet. And all month long, they're offering the Chevy employee discount to everyone. Lease an Equinox LS for only $156 a month. It's a 24-month, 20,000-mile lease with $19.99 plus fees due at signing. Now you must qualify. You can buy with confidence at Calusi Chevrolet, knowing they've been in business for over a 100 years. They're easy
2: to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. Over the past few months, we've been telling you about the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy. Most importantly, institute analysis is fact-based, insightful, and timely. We offer public policy solutions that are grounded in the conservative principles of free enterprise, limited government, and civil discourse. If you like what you've been hearing about our conservative mission and would like to join us in that mission then we invite you to become an Institute supporter. Tax-deductible donations can be made online at our website, alleghenyinstitute.org. Could market volatility derail your retirement? How are you protecting your assets and your standard of living from the next market downturn? Investing experts in the minds of Wall Street agree that the next downturn is imminent. They just don't know when or how much money will be lost. Would you like to learn about alternatives that can protect your principal, safeguard your standard of living, and continue building for financial stability even as others are losing in the next market downturn? Pittsburgh's planning resource at Hunt & Associates help to protect their clients' principal and make sure that your retirement income will last as long as your retirement and they offer you your choice of two free books. One that explains how to have a stress-free retirement and protect your principal, or the essential retirement planning resource, Income Allocation, explaining how to structure a plan for lasting retirement income. To request your free copy of Stress-Free Retirement or Income Allocation, call Hunt & Associates today, 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868 to request your free copy of Stress-Free Retirement or Income Allocation.
0: Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
5: Lots of delays around the area. Still heavy delays on the outbound Parkway East Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood-Swissdale. Inbound from Boulevard of the Allies to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Delays on the Parkway West inbound. Green Tree Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel and there is a crash inbound. It's off to the
1: Shoulder past Parkway Center Drive. Outbound 65, slow from 19 up to the McKees
5: Rocks Bridge. And volume outbound 28 Grand Avenue to Chestnut Street, Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, the answer, weather.
5: Clouds will be increasing across the area tonight, the low 32. For tomorrow, mostly cloudy but mild, with some rain developing late in the day, the high near 50. Rain at times for tomorrow night, the low 42. And for Friday, we'll be staying considerably cloudy with occasional rain. The high for Friday, 46 degrees. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, the answer.
0: Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The
3: Answer. So, uh, I don't have a guest for this second uh, segment, so if you want to give me a phone call and talk about anything, go ahead, throw it in there. I got some stuff here I want to go over, but 844 uh, 292 302 844 see, so there's two numbers. I never get them right. 844 1250. Aaron has to keep reminding me of the right number. I should have it written down. It wouldn't be that hard to put it in front of me here. 804 1250, if you want to chime in. Uh, another little gun control note here. This is hilarious. Um, the other night I was watching uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox. Uh, I think it was last week. He had a guy on who, a uh, New York state senator named uh, Kevin Parker. And his proposal was that that for anyone who wanted to buy a gun in New York State, which is where he's a senator, they would have to uh, turn over their social media to authorities so that they could check for threatening and violent warning signs. Obviously, you know, this is related to the mass shootings and many of those uh, uh, social media postings showed uh, signs that maybe they should have had their guns taken away from them. So, so the idea is, you is understand why he would say that, but it's a ridiculous proposal. Um, but he, this bill was introduced by New York State Senator Kevin Parker, and he says it would allow police to, quote, are you ready for this? Disqualify those who have published violent or hateful posts and re- would require law enforcement to review online activity of handgun license applicants. Well, the only problem with that is, uh, just the other day, uh, he was having a, 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 was a Facebook or Twitter. Um, he was having a, a, a kind of a back and forth with another political person. And his, he finished the, the discussion by telling her to kill herself. This, this is the guy who wanted, wanted everybody's Facebook. Uh, Parker tweeted instructions for a GOP staffer to kill herself on Tuesday. Um, that's the uh, New York State Senate Majority's Deputy Communications Director, Candace Giov uncovered that a car connected to Parker was blocking a bike lane in New York City uh, using a state Senate parking permit. Giove, G-O-V, whatever, it's G-I-O-V-E, I don't know how to pronounce it, but she tweeted about the discovery, and Parker quickly responded, kill yourself. This is the guy who, like a week ago, was on national television saying that people should be... You know, have their social media checked by the authorities before they get a gun. And he says that on there. So, I mean, you know, it wouldn't be that bad of a thing to say. It's stupid and childish and whatever you want to call it. But, you know, it's a response. And it it doesn't mean anything except for the fact that it was on social media. And this is a guy who a week earlier was on national TV saying that you, if you want to buy a gun in New York would have to turn your password over to him or somebody who works for the state, and they would go through your social media, and they'd look at it, and they'd decide whether or not you're um, worthy or qualified or safe enough to be awarded a license for a gun. Kill yourself! That's what he said to this this political opponent. So there you have that. So we had a lot of gun control stuff here in the last couple of days. Um, and by the way, tomorrow, uh, you know the, Col- the Colorado baker uh, who won in front of the Supreme Court? I guess he kind of won uh, his case that, that went to the Supreme Court when they, he was forced or they tried to force him to bake, uh, to decorate a cake for a same sex marriage, same sex wedding, and um, he refused to do it. He ended up winning his case. Uh, his name's Jack Phillips. He owns the Masterpiece Cake Shop out there in Colorado. Well, somebody came after him again and wanted him to do a cake celebrating a gender uh, transition. And he didn't want to do it, so they came after him again. And we will have uh, someone on it, the guy who took that case to court, on tomorrow. That stuff is just beyond beyond stupid. So here you go. Now now I'm going to move on to something else. One of my pet peeves, biggest, and as you know, I'm a sports guy too, and I spent a lot of time covering sports. And back in, whenever it was, 20 years ago, 1997, 98, when they, well, would have, I think it was, nine, I don't know, whatever it was, it was 20 years ago or so, and they had the election and the, uh, of the referendum on whether or not tax money should be used to build and pay for stadiums for the Pirates and the Steelers. I was probably, uh, as far as I know, I was the only m- person in the major Pittsburgh media who s- told people to vote no, said they shouldn't pay for it. And uh, I took a lot of heat from some of my friends in the media, and they couldn't understand why I did it. And I think I've been proven right, but you know, they, I don't know if they would agree with it. But the, the media in every city in North America, but especially here in the United States, the media have been cheerleaders when it comes to uh, getting the taxpayers to pay for stadiums. Because, you know, the media, we get to sit in the press box and we it's our job and we get paid to go to the games and we want to go to a nice stadium. So let's have the taxpayers pay for it. And and the, the owners were happy to have the media cheerleading for them. Well, one of the most corrupt uh, cases, examples of that, that I ever saw, and may, it may stand as the most corrupt in North America, was the... Ballpark that the Miami Marlins uh, got built for them down in Florida. Um, it was a few years ago, and it was uh, Jeffrey Loria was the owner, who since sold the team, and I'll get to that in a second. But he ran around uh, poor mouthing and saying he had no money, and after the and the taxpayers were never given a chance to vote on whether or not they wanted to have a new ballpark paid for. And you know, you know, of course, the reason why they weren't given a chance to vote, because the people who were going to build it knew that they would vote no, which they did overwhelmingly in Pittsburgh and western Pennsylvania uh, against paying money for the Steelers and the, uh, the, the Pirates stadiums. So this is a story from a while back. Um, the Marlins... Um, We're using this, and I'm I'm reading here from this piece uh, on uh, the Atlantic. It's from the Atlantic. Um, It says the Marlins were using the rich stream of cash flowing in from Major League Baseball, their cut of the national television contract and licensing money, as well as their share of the luxury tax, uh, not to do what they were supposed to be doing, namely providing their fans with a better baseball team. Instead, the cash flow was simply treated as profit by Loria. That's the owner, Jeffrey Loria, and team president, David Sampson. You're going to hear from David in a second here. Uh, Loria and Sampson had for years been poor-mouthing, insisting that they were barely breaking even financially. But through, uh, though, in 2007, Forbes reported that the Marlins actually had the highest operating income in baseball. Okay? And they were down there saying they had to have a ballpark. And they needed the help of local government to pay, are you ready, $645 million for the new stadium. It's got a roof, a retractable roof, and air conditioning. Uh, and it's a bad It's a bad uh, sports town. Miami's a terrible sports town and a really bad baseball town. It's too hot for people to go to baseball games, and they have too many other things to do. But uh, Sampson called Deadspin's, uh, and, and Deadspin wrote a story about Deadspin, the, the website. Uh, they Deadspin leaked the financial documents. And uh, and the Sampson, the president, called that a crime, though in fact it would have been more accurate to say that the documents revealed a crime. There was conclusive proof... Now, this is according to The Atlantic. There was conclusive proof that the Marlins could have paid at least for a major chunk of the new ballpark's construction costs. Yet somehow, with shrewd behind-the-scenes manipulation, Loria managed to get Miami-Dade County to agree to a deal for more than $400 million in loans with honey-coated extended payment terms. That wasn't all. Miami and the county would cover three-quarters of the cost, leaving the Marlins responsible for only around $155 million. The The greatest part of the deal for Loria was that the team alone would get any revenue from, that's with all of them. They get all the revenue. And the Pirates and the Steelers, uh, they get revenue from concerts, even though you paid for the stadium. Um, uh, The taxpayers of Miami-Dade County never got a chance to vote on the deal, which will, over the next couple of generations, are you ready? Cost them an estimated $2.4 billion in lost revenues and interest. So this was written a few years ago. Um. So, not not too long ago, the uh, the owner, after he got his team, when you get a new ballpark, uh, the Nutting family would be happy to tell you this, you get a new ballpark, the value of your team goes up. The Steelers were worth about $350 million before Heinz Field was built. I think now they're worth over $2 $2.25 because they got a new, new stadium. So Jeffrey Loria, he sold his team... And this is the team that he bought for $102 million from the guy who used to own the Montreal Expos. It was the Expos who moved to Miami. Jeffrey Loria sold the team for $1.2 billion, okay? And, um, you know, he walked away with a gigantic chunk of money. The team's terrible, stinks. The ballpark's, I guess, nice, but nobody goes to it. It's empty all the time. And the team's terrible. And uh, uh, Derek Jeter ended up buying the team, and he's doing a complete, a total rebuild. So this guy walks away with uh, one a, a billion more, one billion dollars more than he paid for the team. And uh, the question is, how much of that should go back to the public? He was supposed to give, according to the deal, he was supposed to turn over five percent of any sale proceeds. Well, five percent of a billion's a lot. You know, it's a pretty good bit. So, um, what is it? Two hundred million, I guess. So um, he didn't, and so they're going to. They're probably going to sue him. You know, the the mayor was actually recalled over this because of the 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 whole deal with him getting the stadium was so corrupt. That the the mayor of Dade County, and they call him the mayor. He's the mayor of. The, he's like a county commissioner, but they call him the mayor of Dade County. He was recalled uh, as a result of this. This was so, um, uh, so corrupt. And apparently, Loria, after he made the sale, he claimed that he had a hundred. He lost one hundred and forty-one million dollars on the deal, so it's a big mess down there. So, anyway, um, Dan Levitard is a uh, radio host in Miami, and he's on ESPN. He has a very annoying show on ESPN that I can't watch for more than twenty seconds. His dad's on there; it's terrible. But um, he's a he's a very good writer. Uh, he had a birthday party, and I, you heard me mention this guy, Samson. Uh, David, is it David? Yeah, David Sampson. He's the president. He was introduced at the party, at Dan Levitard's party, and he got booed big time. And here's what he said. I hope you can make out what he's saying when he was introduced.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Here's why I love when you guys boo me, right? I want you to keep booing me because guess what? $1.2
3: Yeah, he mentioned it. He threw that number out there. That's uh, that's why I gave you the uh, the lead into all that, because of the $1.2 billion. That's obviously the amount that the team was sold for. There were the people there at this bar, and they were there. I don't know if they were there for Dan a birthday party, but they were there, and Dan Lebatard dragged this Samson guy out. Uh, Which tells you something, Uh, Dan Levitard should, this guy, uh, if Dan Levitard were doing his job in Miami, I wouldn't think that this David Sampson would be very friendly with him, because Dan Levitard should have been trashing the the Marlins for what they did to the taxpayers. So the taxpayers are there at the party, and they boo this guy, and he has the nerve to respond to their boos by by flipping him the bird, dropping an F-bomb and saying 1.2 billion baby, 1.2 billion. That's what they sold it for. And every and remember now, this is not just somebody who had a stadium built like so many other owners of so many other teams in so many other cities in North America. This is this guy was part of the worst, most corrupt, most sleazy stadium deal maybe in North American sports history. And he's drunk and people are booing him. And he's laughing at him and saying 1.2 billion, <laughs> and it's the taxpayers. They, it's their money. That money eventually comes from them somehow, one way or the other. I don't know how they paid for it. They always come up with creative ways to do it: tax, uh, st- uh, sales tax, whatever. But uh, he, of course, yeah. I think today, this all this all happened yesterday. So today, he went on. Uh, Dan Lebitard's radio show and explained it all away. So it was all a joke. It was just kidding around. And, you know, come on, don't take it so seriously, folks. Well, there you go. That's why no stadium, or no team, I should say, no professional team should ever get a dime of taxpayer money to build a stadium, especially an NFL team, which is a license to print money. And Major League Baseball, same deal. But that's what you get. And remember, these taxpayers who he flipped the bird to, they were not. They were purposely not given a chance to vote on whether this creep and his owner should have gotten a new stadium. They never got. They never got a chance to vote on it. And the politicians. I don't. I. I, I think the mayor was recalled, and it was really ugly down there. But uh, what does Jeffrey Loria care? He's, he sold his team for a billion dollars more than he paid for it after he fleeced the taxpayers to increase the value of the team that's the story of stadiums in america this is just the worst one and david sampson he should not only have gotten booed maybe he should have been set upon by the crowd maybe they should have taken his wallet anyway we'll be back Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that, too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how, for 25 years, the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. Are you about to pay double for
4: new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM 1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsruspittsburgh.com.
1: The Original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, The Original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself.
2: Great beds, no bull. That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at originalmattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made? honestly priced. The economy is growing, businesses are hiring, and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? AM 1250 hosts an online virtual job fair, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at theanswerpgh.com to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township. The virtual job fair at theanswerpgh.com.
5: Healthy Pets, Healthy People, focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host, Dr. Edmund Sorkowski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. Airs each Saturday, live from 9 to 10 in the morning on 1250 AM, The Answer, giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions. A healthy pet is a happy pet, and being healthy makes people happy. Tune in, listen, learn, be well.
0: The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer.
3: I love Chick-fil-A. I I haven't eaten there. I can't tell you the last time I ate there. I think their food's okay. I'm just not a big... I don't eat a lot of fast food anyway. But I just love the fact that they... um, I I like the fact that uh, the owner doesn't care uh, that people don't like his political or religious his political views or his religious uh, ideas or is just they don't they he doesn't care about professing what his faith tells him to profess uh and this is hilarious because uh, one ex- the most recent example that i can remember was rider university in new jersey they decided against bringing chick-fil-a to campus because of uh, what they said was the restaurants corporates uh, restaurants corporate values so they had a – this is what I love, too. They had a survey. They surveyed the students, and the, their number one choice was Chick-fil-A. So you take a survey, and then the kids say they want Chick-fil-A, and they say, well, yeah, that's, we took the survey, and you told us what you want, but you're not getting it. What What? do what you have a survey for? Have you, had, you know. So they're not doing it. They're not going to get it. Uh, their president uh, and COO, Dan Cathy, spoke out against same-sex marriage back in 2012. Which, by the way, at the same time, uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were both against same-sex marriage at that time. They changed their mind conveniently for the election in 2012. So uh, that, that's what caused them a problem. So there was, there's been protests. Uh, they, they had an issue with the Pittsburgh Marathon, not having Chick-fil-A uh, uh, sponsor uh, uh, like a kid's marathon or something like that. I think we talked about it here on the show. But here's what I love. Uh, It's it's about to become the third biggest fast food uh, uh, restaurant in America, according to um, Kalinowski Equity Research. A guy here says, uh, We have long pointed out that Chick-fil-A is the restaurant competitor with which McDonald's should most concern itself. And he said this goes beyond McDonald's. Chick-fil-A, this is what I love. They've all these protests, college campuses trying to keep them off. They're still closed on Sundays, which I love. Uh, and, you know, you actually work at a place where you're off on Sunday. Imagine that. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when everything was closed on Sunday. Chick-fil-A sales will have risen between 12 and 15% by the end of 2018, amounting to an over $1 billion increase in sales. All those uh, protests, you know what they result in? You know the lines of protests you see in, on the college campus? They, they're translated into lines at the drive-thru. Drive by a Chick-fil-A and see how long the lines are. Aaron, uh, The producer Aaron Byrne pointed out just a minute ago that she, every time she goes to one, they're completely packed. And I love it. So keep protesting, and I hope Chick-fil-A keeps racking into cash. See you tomorrow.
0: The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.